You carry an aura of confusion and despair. Tell this one. What did you see? I saw a familiar place. Covered in strange shadows. Shadows that are in plain view. Yet hidden. Waiting to pounce on fear. Crawling silently among us. Releasing poisons of deceit and hatred. For purity. Shadows that soar and grow in power. Chaos unfolds and consumes the world. did this vision of yours end? I died. All was lost. Greetings, travelers. Welcome to the Law Seekers podcast. Grab an ale and join our two adventurers as they share their tales of misadventure in the land of Tamriel. Here they are at their usual table. Jibs and cash. Oh, yeah. Ah, wow. This chair is exquisite. The craftsmanship. Amazing. The what? The craftsmanship, it's exquisite. Uh, okay. Um, what can I get you, boys? Wh- All right, uh, you know, hang on. Um, I'll take a, I'll take the house ale. Let's, let's go with that. Service is really prompt here. What the heck is happening right now? Ma'am? Right. Uh, yes, a fine high elven lass you are. Drown stay the rail for me, please. Thank you. Coming right up. Wow, Okay. Uh, not quite sure what's happening here. Um, so, uh, what did you do this week? What's, ah, what's been... my fine friend, Jibs. Been... Well, what? I'll show I... you. Everybody, attention, attention. Everybody in the tavern. What are you doing? 
A little what are you doing? ditty. A little ditty. A what? Gather round and hear the tale of Archmage Sirabane. Oh Through his mercy and his might, he stopped the Thrassian oh plague. Right oh, A war was the only way to stop the plague at hand. So, so Sirabane called for aid all throughout oh the land. Oh, Sirabane. Oh, Sirabane. Ye myrrh of godly oh. fate. Oh, Sirabane. Okay, all right. Oh, all right. Dude. Sirabane. Dude. Dude. What are you doing? Well, I joined the House of Reveries. You... Who? The House of Reveries. I'm a thespian. Oh, no. No, no, no. Okay. All right. Um, well, I joined the Sigic Order, and I learned this. Oh, Sirabit. What just happened? Uh, that's called undo, my friend. And I saved everybody the earache of listening to that. Because you suck. Oh. Well, shoot, they said I was good. <laughs> it meant something to me. <laughs> so no go? No. The whole House of Reveries thing no. is no go? No, just just stick to the Blade of Woe, man. Alright. <laughs> well... Okay. I guess I didn't do much this week then. <laughs> oh man. Oh. Oh wow, that happened. Okay. Alright, well. Uh well <laughs> How do I come up that? Alright everyone, well welcome to the show. This is episode thirteen of the Lord's Secrets Podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Jibs, and I'm joined by my best good buddy from down under, Cash. That's right. Oh, it's right. cash. Really? Oh, are we stopping that now? <laughs> okay. Never go full. Hi, Bosnia. my friends. <laughs> We're a little excited this week. We're so Sorry, excited. we are really excited. Yeah, a little something launched, mm-hmm. or at least early access launched. Yeah. So we're a little, we're a little full of zeal. Yeah. Yeah. We uh. So, yeah, summer sets out, and I, I gotta be careful how we do this because I know we'll we'll probably just bleed right into the news. That we're going to be talking about. So, Somerset launched. It's been awesome. And I don't want to talk about what we've been doing yet because that's going to bring us into our first impressions. <laughs> I know we'll go there. So, let me just say this. Um, this week on the show, we got all kinds of awesome stuff going on. So, this, we're going to be talking our Somerset impressions. Uh, we're going to highlight some of the Somerset Update 18 patch notes. And then, we're doing a lore lesson on the Sea Elves. Can I sing? Can I sing the lore lesson? No, you are not allowed to sing ever, ever. You're going to use undo if I try it again, aren't you? In a heartbeat, no questions asked. That's a nice little trick. Thank you. That was a nice little trick, by the way. That uh, was the first time it's worked properly, so I appreciate that. Been uh, right. putting in the uh, putting in the skill, man. Putting it in. Well, it shows. <sighs> well, thank you very much. Uh, so, should we just? I, I I know this is kind of a unique a different way that we start this show, but there's just so much that we've got to talk about and it's such a special episode. Somerset's finally here. It's here. We're yes. we're in the game. Um, but before we get into any of that stuff, I, should we do our announcements? Should we do that? Get it out of the way? Yeah. Oh, no, they're good announcements. Let's do it. Okay. we got two. All right, so I'll let you do the first one, Mr. Community Man. <laughs> okay, so... Um, 
as soon as we launched the Lore Seekers Guild, things really took off uh, more than we expected. Uh, we, we really have uh, started fostering a pretty thriving community, and we're really excited about it. But one of the things that happened, as we talked about a couple of weeks ago, was the fact that the we weren't expecting such a response from the console community. So one of the things we got was the PS4 guild. They came to us, PS4 folks came to us immediately wanting a guild. So we put a little work in, got that launched. And very quickly after that, the Xbox folks came to us and also wanted a guild. So we kind of, after the PS4 launch, we kind of thought, yeah, that's probably going to happen quicker than we think. So anyway, we're very proud to announce that the official Xbox One chapter of the Lore Seekers is now open. Yeah! It's here, man. Yeah. We're covering it's everything. Here. We're covering PC, we're covering PS4, and now the Xbox chapter. So if you are looking, if you're wanting to get on the ground floor of that, feel free to join up. Great community. All across the board. It doesn't matter really what what platform you're playing on or what, you know, it's console, PC. The the community in general it's it's amazing. Such an amazing community that's that's been building and, and rapidly building uh, over at the uh, Lore Seeker Discord and the the whole uh, community as a whole. It's just been fantastic. So if you're on the Xbox and you want to be a part of the Lore Seeker official guild, it's now open, bro. Right. And a real quick shout out to uh, Shoe Swapper. He's leading the guild for us. And he's also got uh, a couple of folks that are helping him. Uh, UWS Howard is also helping. And uh, Fairgall are also helping on the Xbox. And I know he has a, a host of other folks that are also helping him out. So big shout out to all you guys for getting the guild kicked off and leading the charge in Xbox One. Thank you. Agreed. Agreed. Had to finish that drink. Sorry about that. But, uh, so yeah. Man, I'm excited because, you know... Just going off what you said, like we started in PC. Never did we dream. Then the first day, within like two hours, it wasn't even two hours. People are wanting PS4, so the PS4 launches. Now we're talking about the Xbox chapter, which is now open, and then we've got our EU players because we've got quite a few EU members that right. are wanting to start an EU guild on PC. So, which we're totally open to. Yep. So if there's interest out there, if there's interest, then join up with us and send us some mail. Yep. Looking for a GM for that. So yeah, and probably somewhere down the line, I would expect maybe a Commodore 64 guild. I, as well. I was hoping Virtual Boy. I mean, yeah, you know, you know, and if we're going to do it right, then we at least have to go. I mean, shoot, I wouldn't mind a Game Boy, maybe a 64. Maybe a Game Boy Advance. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know if we'll have enough time. You know what? If they have enough of them, I'll go color. You know, Game Boy Color. That's dirty. Okay, now you're asking a lot. Pump the <laughs> brakes, pal. Speaking of asking, um, so this was kind of something we didn't expect to happen, and it just did. Um, you guys brought up the idea that you wanted to financially support this show. And at the onset, Cash and I made the decision we were always going to do this for free. We were never going to charge anything for any of our shows. We wanted to make a unique experience, a podcast experience. It's not just a regular podcast, but it's almost like a a uh, 
presentation slash um, just whole like theater experience for you guys as well. We really wanted something that was immersive and fun. We never, right. but not really charge, not really charge, but like we weren't going to ask for donations. Right. We we right. We weren't ever going to do that. We never asked for that, yeah. and we're still not doing that. But no, we've had people. Um, uh, <laughs> they've definitely made it vocal. They've made it apparent and made us aware. They really want to support the show. And so we're going to give you guys an outlet to do that. Um, but the same, we're not doing Patreon. Cash and I both talked about Patreon. We don't like, I don't, we just don't feel like it's a good uh, setup for the show. But so what we are going to do, for those of you who do want to financially support the show, where 100% of the proceeds go right back into the show, the podcast, where we can continue to work and, and um, grow the show with new content, etc. All this is going to go right back into the show. So that being said, we've decided if you guys want to support us, well, we're going to give you the opportunity. We're not doing Patreon, not doing any of that, not going to have you donate to our PayPal. No, we're officially opening uh, a digital store where it's Lore Seeker official merchandise is now available. And it's kind of exciting because... I know a lot of people, particularly in the Lore Seeker community, really want shirts. They really want merchandise. And so you can now get some merch, Lore Seeker merch. You just go to loreseekerspodcast.com, and at the top, click store, and I'll take you to the store. And the way we're doing this is is we thought it'd be fun if to keep things fresh. If So there will always be two shirts that are available. There is the Lore Seekers logo t-shirt that's always going to be there 24-7, 365. It doesn't matter when, it's always going to be there. So for those of you who want to wear the Lore Seeker, rep the Lore Seeker logo on a t-shirt, it's always going to be there for you guys. But the what we're going to do is kind of treat this like a crown store setup in that there will all the prices will, will be the same. But there will be new designs coming in randomly. And certain designs will only be available for a certain amount of time. So, like, right now we've got, like, four different designs up that you guys can take part in that you can buy. So just all kinds of fun stuff. And, um, you know, this isn't a cash grab for us to, because we want your money. This is, you guys approached us with wanting to support the show. We want to give you an outlet. Well, at the same time, we're giving back to you because we want you guys to enjoy what you get. You know what I mean? Right. And the price points for the shirts are, are relatively pretty much as low as we could put them um, to where it's worth your while. I mean, they're nice shirts and they're 20 bucks a piece. Yep. nineteen ninety nine. S- yeah. Super low. And Jibs is kind of modest about this whole thing, but take in the designs and see how awesome they are because Jibs has put a lot of work into it and he's really a talented dude. So... This is just me talking. Thank you, dude. It looks awesome. You're welcome, man. I'm glad you like it. But we hope, I hope, um, I hope everybody else likes it. And you know, it's whenever you get money involved in stuff, just people get weird. And you know, that's why we didn't want to do Patreon because you know we want this to be a thing where it's optional, where no matter what, our show is always going to be free to you. All our episodes, everything we do, we are very adamant about not taking donations about not running a patreon we, you know we've always wanted to give this free and so we we hope that 
as the store opens that you guys get to enjoy it as well. And so you can go over to lorecigarspodcast.com slash store, check out the shirts, buy some stuff, have a good time, look awesome. So, Dilly dilly. Dilly dilly. Hey, you two. Give us some news. Holy crap, he's, he's here in Somerset. <laughs> Why did they let him on the boat? I don't know. He got stabbed in the back last week. He's dr- that guy is drunk 24-7. Did he even feel getting Good. stabbed? Good for him. Did he even know that you stabbed him? Well, no. Apparently he has a, a thick chitinous armor on his back. Hmm. I am kind of creeped out he followed us all the way over here to Somerset. That shows some serious dedication. Eh. Whatever. Give him some news. Uh, so, <laughs> okay. Um, so anyway, Somerset is officially out. It is out in the world. Everyone can get it. They can partake of it. And, dude, I don't... You know, we're going to just talk some of our impressions here. I'm just, I don't know how to open this up, so I'm just going to open it up. That first few moments, man, when you land in Somerset. Now, you took the boat, I think... I took the way shrine, so you landed in a so different lazy. place. So <laughs> lazy. You're so lazy. It's a little efficient. <laughs> I landed in a totally different spot than you did. So, dude, I'm going to let you start. Somerset. Bro. Yeah, so the first thing is that um, I've had – this is like one of the first weeks. It just happens to be launch week for Somerset or early access week for Somerset. This is one of – first of all, we – we got our boxes. So I half take back what I said about GameStop last week, but only half because we still don't have... This is day three, mm-hmm. and we still don't have our codes <laughs> for our pre-order items. Fine, whatever. Um, but anyway, so we got our boxes. Um, I I love my collector's edition. The Razumdar book is absolutely hilarious and jibs you got into oh. that book first and bro it's, it's fantastic great. fantastic it's really funny uh it's very very well written so i'm i'm kind of diving into that a little bit but that's that's not the game the game to me is the kicker so i in three days because of irl obligations unfortunately i've only had about three hours in game and most of that time has been with just Soaking in the world, the exploration of the world, it is, it's blown me away so far. So, what are my favorite things so far? The size of the area, of the playable area, I know that uh, Lawrence, the lore master, said it was 20% bigger than that of Morrowind. Mm -hmm. To me, it feels much bigger than that. And I think that lends to the fact that he said they had spread everything out a bit more than it is in Morrowind, which is totally true. Um, so the, the the sheer size of it right off the bat is fantastic. The aesthetics of Somerset have blown me away. And in not just in part uh, that I'm really interested in the lore of Somerset, because I play, because I main an Altmer. But literally, when you when you're running around, the bright colors of everything, the different colors of everything, the color of the water, it makes you happy. I don't know how cheesy that sounds, and I guess I really don't care. 
it makes me freaking happy just running around there. It is just everything is so bright and colorful and very Altmer. So they nailed it. They absolutely nailed it. So I've been very content just running around and exploring. And I, the quests are spread out a bit. So the very, very first quest I did, as evidenced by my full Bosmer outburst at the beginning of the show, was the House of Reveries quest. And I I guess in, in real life, I mean, I'm not super into thespianism and stuff like that, but it was really well done. Like, there's a neat little story within it that teaches you what the House of Reveries is about, but at the same time, there's some there's mystery. That mystery that they talked about with the House of Reveries is totally there. So I'm looking forward to seeing if there's more oh, House cool. of Reveries content. I don't know if there is or not, but um, it's really, really neat, and I, I enjoyed that, that uh, first quest. Um, I think the quests themselves are very in-depth. Um, I know that Jibs, I'll let you talk about it, but I know you, the main quest line that you've been going through is very in-depth. Um, mm-hmm. But here's my biggest thing. Uh, one of my biggest things, too, the lore books. There are tons of oh, lore man. books. Specifically, once you start doing the main quest line and you get into the monastery, um, it's pretty massive. Yeah, there are so many things to read. So a lot of the time I've been spending has been reading and right. just kind of doing my thing. It, it's been, and you'll see tonight. I mean, as part of our lore lesson tonight, it's a surprise lore lesson. We're not really going to um, reveal what we're talking about tonight. Oh, we already told. Oh, him. we already did, didn't we? Yeah, we already told. <sighs> what a buzzkill. <laughs> anyway, so tonight we're talking about the sea elves. Um, this is not only because it was requested by several people. Several of our listeners have requested a, a talk on the Marmer, so we're going to talk about them tonight. But it's it's a very big part of Somerset. So I'm kind of excited to go through it. And there's a lot of books on the sea elves. So I was like, no way, dude. So you're going to see some of that in our lore lesson tonight. Um, how sucked in I've been with the lore already. Now, only, you know, three, three and a half hours in, those are my first impressions. So the, the, I, I'm so excited. I'm so excited to get more into this game as the weeks progress. Yeah, it's, I tell you what, like, it, everything you said is true. 100% true. And, you know, the thing about Morrowind that I didn't really think about until just a few minutes ago while you were talking was the lore master said the, the, this world is 20% larger as far as playable area. You know, he's totally right. But also it feels bigger because you don't have, like, um, Marwin's very circular, you know, in the way that everything's set up. The questing, as far as everything's just in a big circle because it's built around that massive volcano. And with Somerset, it's just, you know, for the most part, wide open. And so you've got all of these planes that you can... I mean, it's just open. There's stuff everywhere. You think you're seeing a city and you'll come up on a massive ru- like massive ruins. I remember when I first... And I'm still sucking this in. It's This is... Dude, if I had to give this a rating, an expansion or rating, I would give this a 9.5 out of 10. 
And the only reason why I can't give it a, a 10 out of 10, because it, it, it deserves it, the only thing that drives me nuts is if you are doing some of these quests, particularly the main the main storyline stuff, and you, let's say you DC or you log out while you're still on side of it, your progress really doesn't save. And so I've had to, there was a time where I had to restart a particular quest three times just because I had to step away for a few moments, oh. got DC'd, logged back in, and it had completely reset. And so that, and there are quite a few uh, just weird bugs here and there. Other than that, this is the best expansion I have ever played, period. The environment team, everybody who put all this work and effort into the environment, it's incredible. It is beyond anything I could have could have dreamed. I... I I, they've succeeded because I don't ever want to leave this land. I want to stay in Somerset as long as I possibly can. Like, it, it, it's... When you first come through the Way Shrine... I came through the Way Shrine, so I, I landed in Shimmering, and my quest experience started a little bit differently. It jumped, like, right into the to the main storyline. And um, I'm working through that, and there will be no... First off, let me say this. For any of you who are worried... There will be absolutely zero spoilers on this show. So just sit back, relax, enjoy yourself. That being said, the pacing of the quest of the main storyline, and I feel like I'm not even 20% through it yet, And but I've done some quests. I've put some time in. It's so well done. The pacing on these quests, it doesn't feel rushed. You know, like Morrowind felt... I mean, there was depth there. There really was. But the pacing was is, was a little bit quicker. It was a lot quicker than the progression of the quest, you know, the build-up, the climax of the whole story. You know, I'm not even there yet. Like, it's still building. It's doing this, like, slow build, man. It's like the difference between, like, just getting that microwave barbecue and getting barbecue that's been slow-cooked all day. You know what I mean? And so, like... That's what this main story feels like. It's it's. Just, it tastes better. Is that what you're saying? It tastes fantastic, fan freaking tastic. <laughs> Fall off the bone. Mwah. It's so good. It's so good. Yeah, it's it it is. I I, I agree there. I, I think it's it's well done. And the quests that I have been through have been incredibly well written. Um, but for me, I'm such a visual person. I I cannot, I cannot get off of the fact that it's just. As gorgeous as I wanted it to be, and more in the landscape. Oh, yeah. Here, here's an, here's a, a quick bit about the landscape. So I was just running around last night, and I ended up going towards one of the um, one of the new world bosses. And this one was in. It's just outside of Shimmerine. It's the to deer? the west of Shimmerine. It's actually southwest. Is it it's the called deer? the Indric Frolic. Yeah. Yes. Did you see that grove? Yeah. That the deer was in? Yeah. Oh, my God. It is amazing. It is like I stopped and just started taking screenshots. Yeah. Because it was so gorgeous where the Indrik Frolic is. So, um, it's like I said, it's right outside of Shimmering. If you haven't taken a look at it, just go and look at that little... I don't know. I just call it like a, a little meadow that that thing is in. And the different colors of the trees. And... The way the wa- there's shallow water there, it's it's very serene. 
Um, don't go too far in, because if the boss is up, uh, you'll die if you're by yourself. But it's pretty amazing. And that is just one example. There's also examples like up in the hillsides, you'll see like a small cottage or something, very Altmer. And right next to it is a greenhouse. And in this greenhouse, there's all these different flowers and different types of foliage within the greenhouses. And so you're not just getting the same old stuff. I mean, there's definitely some different architecture and different construction and different things that you'll see that you'll be like, wow, they added this. And that was really smart for them to add that into the game because it's so different. So, um, yeah, I mean that, those are, I mean, my first impressions right off the bat, super impressed. I'm just really excited to dive more into it. Yeah, I I agree um, wholeheartedly. It's I feel like it's a at this point it's like a technological feat in a sense. Like the the, the as far as the the way the world was built, the way Somerset was put together, because it is so exceptional. There is not a moment, there is not a time when I'm in Somerset that I'm not amazed. It's like I'm almost getting spoiled. You know, there's no real letdown at all with the visuals. It's a, it's everything that High Elf should be. It's so good on so many levels. Right. Like, it, it's, they, it never... They nailed it, and I haven't even... Oh, absolutely. It, like, I haven't even gotten into... I haven't gotten to the depth that, that you've gotten yet, but I absolutely agree with you. They have nailed the Altmer. And where they come from, and why these islands have been so closed off to the rest of the world. This is what they were protecting. Yeah, it's and it's exceptional too. And and I know being high elf, um, I do. I tell you what, though, even being a high elf, I know you're leveling, working with your high elf. I am as well. Even though we're high elves, man, we still get crapped on. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I yeah. have been. Yeah, there, there, there is a lot of that. And um, I know that we've talked about the racism in the game, and it's part of the Elder Scrolls world, but it's, um, it's real. It's real here. It's like, wow. So be prepared for that. Yeah, the only solace I found was at the Sigic Order. And the Right Master is the chillest, most laid-back dude as far as an Altmer I've ever met. And he's so supportive and, and like in your corner. Like, I, I love that character. Fant- it's fantastic. The whole Sigic Order, it's it's awesome. Have you gotten into any of that yet? I just, just started. Did you get the skill just today, line yet? Like, just before... The, no, 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 no. Just before the show, I started to get some introduction about where I'm going to be headed. And you see what's even so great so. about that is, especially for those of you on console who are listening and, and coming into uh, coming into Somerset, the way they bring you into the Sigic Order, it's so well done. It the pacing is fantastic. There is nothing that is rushed about this. And what's amazing is, wasn't uh, Morrowind out in 2016? Like that was just two years ago that you know Morrowind dropped, and within two years. They've been able to put out this kind of expansion. It, it's incredible. The dialogue's fantastic. The, the the pacing of the questing. And I think that's the thing that that's really sticks with me about this expansion. It's two. It's twofold. One, it's 
the the visuals, which is a given. I mean, it's freaking gorgeous. But two, the quests, the pacing and the depth of the quests, because even the side quests, the side quests even have so much depth in the conversations you're having. It's not just, you know, hey, go kill five chickens. It's, it's you know, they are so, the NPCs are so incredibly animated. And it, like, I broke a mom's heart in a quest. And that wasn't even my fault. But, dude, that tore... Yeah, it was. It tore... No, it was not. It tore me up, man. Like, it tore me I'm, up. I'm glad you said that because my next point was going to be somehow... First of all, I have not had to do, like, any kill quests where you got to go kill ten rats. I can't... I can't remember the last time I ran a quest like that in Elder Scrolls Online, which makes this game... Very unique from the other ones because the quests are very engaging. But I'm glad that you mentioned that about feeling bad on one of your quests. Because the one thing that I have noticed with the way that they have started to do, not just started, but I mean, I think a lot of Elder Scrolls quests are like this. But particularly with these new quests, you do feel some type of of an attachment to, number one, the people that you're talking to you formulate an opinion like, well, I don't think it should be that way. And you really want to see what happens at the end, which this brings up a whole other issue, especially for those of us that are, are are in a community, because I'm usually a pretty chatty, you know, type of guy. And I want to be in discord talking to friends and, you know, doing things together. But like right now, there's a lot of silence in our chat rooms right now because people are so engrossed with the story. And even like last night, um, the people, the people who were, who were in discord, I apologize for this, but at a critical moment at the end of one of the quest lines, and it was a long quest line that I was doing at a critical moment, people started talking. So I, like I I couldn't get to my discord fast enough to disconnect because I had to hear what was going to happen. So there you're invested in the stuff which I've been searching for that for so long. And I think that's what is my biggest draw to ESO is the fact that you get invested in your character, where your character is in the world, what he or she represents within this world and all the things that are going on around you. It matters. So I don't, I don't know. I'm fanboying out. I freaking dig it. I just dig this game so much because of that. I agree. I never, like, my first real... Okay, okay. I, I played Lord of the Rings Online. That was my first real MMO experience. I've dabbled in WoW before that. But from, from Lord of the Rings Online, I took a break and then eventually went to SWOTOR. And that was my f- second real, you know, just experience in MMOs. I never thought, you know, because SWOTOR is very story-driven. And... You know, we totally live out Star Wars fantasies there and everything. It's awesome. I never thought that I could be involved in a game that is everything of that experience I had in SWOTOR and more. And I mean, like, leaps and bounds more. And not as far as an MMO experience, but I mean as far as your investment in your character. Because SWOTOR is built around story. I mean, that's its focus. Above everything else, it's story. 
And I feel like Tiso is story, but it's so much more. It's so... It's really incredible, man. Like, how... You are so right. You are so invested in your characters. And I tell you what, I finished a, a quest. And, dude, I... You know me. The way I play MMOs. Typically, I'm always about being the bad dude. Just, you know, doing whatever. Killing whatever. It choked me up. Like, I felt genuinely awful as I sat there playing. Just because I knew I had broken that woman's heart. And it wasn't even my fault. But I was the one that she she had a person in front of her she could finally blame. That she could take her frustrations and anger out on. And I felt horrible. And I have never felt that way. I have never played an MMO that... You're going to say something snarky. What do you want? I see it in your eyes. How many people have you killed in this game? Innocent people. <laughs> and breaking a woman's heart tears you up? <laughs> yep. <laughs> what a crock. What a crock. But, dude, like, it, that that says something, man, to the writing. Like, it... I have never honestly said, been able to say, like, this is my MMO. This is what I want. You know, like, I know you had that whole Star Wars Galaxies experience that I longed to have. And, you know, the whole freedom that they had. And that was your MMO. Like, and I've heard players after players say, like, this is my MMO. This is, you know, I've been here since launch and blah, blah, blah. Well, I feel like I can honestly say for the first time ever that I have an MMO. That I have a home. That I have a place where I'm questing and it's just so impactful. It's it's nuts, dude. I'm totally going to break lore right here. But there's literally like five or six people dancing on the bar right now <laughs> while we record the show. We're at the Anchors Away in Shimmerine. And somebody just said, your character looks like Alice Cooper. <laughs> With a beard. <laughs> the bearded Alice Cooper. Yeah, so for anyone who's listening, well played. we are in Shimmering. We're at the, uh, where are we actually? What what tavern is this? The this is Anchors, the Anchors Away. Away. Anchors in Away Shimmering. Inn. Uh, it's Inn slash Tavern. And uh, so we yeah. put it on Twitter, and there's people everywhere. Like, we're just dancing. People are sitting by the fire. People are dancing on tables. Other people are sitting there playing drums and drinking. It's a good time. But, so yeah, I say all that to say, well done. Well done to those of you who are involved at Zenimax on this project. It's everything top to bottom. The community team, um, Dom, you dude, you did great. Uh, the articles that were going up, it was providing all kinds of content. Uh, oh, your name escapes me, and I'm so sorry. Lead, uh, oh, you make quests and characters. Oh, man, we were just talking the other day. The whole team, just everybody, top to bottom, well done. You nailed it. You nailed it. And you des- you deserve you deserve a reward, man. That's fantastic. This expansion is, aside from the bugs and you know the whole thing I talked about um, as far as the quest restarting, it's a perfect expansion to me. I feel like this is a perfect expansion. Yep. So here's to hoping that the rest of the quests don't crap the bed. <laughs> <laughs> Episode 14. Well, the quest really fell off. It's the, <laughs> the quest crap the bed. It's not going to happen. I mean, it's uh, with the quality that we've seen. 
so far. Uh, we're super impressed. Um, we may be newer to the game, but we're not MMO noobs. We've played a lot of MMOs, and I think Jibs and I know quality when we see it. And this is a thriving community because of the quality of what Zoss is putting out. So, I agree. very good. Super happy. I think we've, I think we've beat the dead horse. Yeah, I th- yeah. think it's pretty clear the way we feel about it. We're we're very very excited to really dive into it and experience all that Somerset has to offer. And you know what the best part is, Jibs? Mm. It's not just Somerset. There is a massive world out there that we still have yet to experience beyond Somerset. So to us also, it kind of renews, not that we lost any, but it renews our excitement for the rest of the game as well. It's just, thank you, super stoked. We shall move on. That's right. So that being said, there was a lot of patch notes that were put out. Um, Look, we're not going to go through it all because let's be honest, when people do that, Yes, there's people who are interested, but at least half the audience is bored to death, and we're not about to do that to you. So what we are going to do, though, is highlight really two key parts of these patch notes that we felt were important. Because I know during my time questing in Somerset, I really felt like I um, I really felt like a little ill-informed when it came to the new sets. The new item sets that are in this game. And yes, I could have went through and read all this stuff pre-launch. But you know what? I didn't want that. I really wanted to find it out um, officially through the game. Or in this case, you know, these patch notes as well. And so what we're going to do here is kind of highlight a couple parts of these patch notes. The Update 18 and Somerset patch notes. So, new item sets. Okay? We've got quite a few new item sets. There's actually ten new sets available with the addition of Somerset. Three are available at crafting stations in Somerset. Three are available through drops in Somerset. And four are available as drops in the new trial, Cloud Rest. And so we're kind of going to go through these here real quick. We're not going to do all the numbers. We're just going to kind of just glance over this. And if you want to read all this stuff, it'll be linked over to our episode page, loreseekerspodcast.com. So, crafted sets. First set we got is the Adept Rider. Now, this is going to work with uh, spell resist, physical resist, max health, and then if you get five of of these items slotted, I like this. While mounted, you gain major evasion, increasing your dodge by 15%. Dismounting spawns a dust cloud at your position for 12 seconds, that deals 1,436 physical damage every one second to enemies who stand inside it. You and group members inside the dust cloud gain major evasion. The dust cloud can be created once every 12 seconds. That's a crafted piece. I love it. You know where that'll work well? Where? Craglorn. Because I usually take my crafter to Craglorn to um, pick up resources. Uh-huh. That will work very well if you have uh, a character that that goes out and gathers mats and stuff. That's actually really cool. That's a good call. I didn't even think of that. That's a really, yep. really good call. Um, we've also got Slowed Semblance. Um, this is 
this is a set I would like to try. I would like to try to get this. Uh, maximum Magicka, Maximum Stamina, Spell Damage, and Weapon Damage are some of the traits with or attributes with this. If you get five pieces slotted, you're looking damaging an enemy has a 10% chance to put a leeching shadow on them, dealing 853 oblivion damage every one second for six seconds. This effect can occur every six seconds. It's I like cool. that. I know. Yeah, it's yep. pretty cool. It's good for DPS. Uh, Nocturnal's Favor. This is high stamina recovery, max health. Uh, let's see. When, whenever you successfully dodge, you heal yourself for 4,000. This effect can occur every two seconds. That's intense. Yeah, I was going to say you can heal yourself for 4,000. I was like, okay, what's the next thing going to say? How often can it occur? Every two seconds? Really? That's pretty tight. Yeah, agreed. That could, that's huge. That could be huge for um, for a tanking set. Yeah, that's ma- that's pretty massive because you're getting health. You get you get stam recovery, and when you dodge. So if you spec into um, increasing your uh, your effectiveness at dodge on in your champion points, that's that's a pretty big deal. I agree. That's that's probably what I'm... To be honest with you, as far as the crafted sets are concerned, this set stood out to me the most simply because of that five-slot piece uh, bonus that we get. Um, so, Somerset Zone sets, we've got quite a few. We've got Light. The Light the light Armor is Wisdom of Vanus. This has Max Magicka, Maxim, or Magicka Recovery, uh, after five uh, five slots, you're looking... After landing a full heavy attack, gain major mending for three seconds, increasing your healing done by 25%. This duration is increased with each rank of the Restoration Staff passive Essence Drain when using a Restoration Staff. So, this is a healer set. <laughs> yeah, and that's a really good healer set for me because I use a lot of heavy attacks. To bring so resources go. back. I mean, I'm sure all heal, all magic users do, but um, yeah, with my lightning staff, I use a lot of heavy attacks to get resources back. That's a pretty yep. big deal. Right. So there's that. Um, man, I want to. I wish I had. <laughs> I wish I had the knowledge to know like how efficient these sets are because I want to have it. I want to have it right now. Like I want to. I want to try it. But man, I will, you know, like you don't want to go farm it. Turns out, you know, it may not work well for you. But uh, so medium, medium armor. We got Griffin's Ferocity. Uh, this has a weapon crit on it, weapon damage. Five slot pieces will, um, after dealing direct damage, you gain minor force and minor expedition for three seconds, increasing your critical damage done by ten percent and increasing your movement speed by ten percent. So there's that. Uh, let's see, heavy armor, grace of gloom. This is max health, he- plus four uh, percent healing taken. Uh, max health is again as well. When you take damage from a single target, direct attack or ability, you have a ten percent chance to become a living shadow, causing your light and heavy attacks to heal you for three thousand four hundred and forty, and gain. And gaining, excuse me, major evasion for five seconds, increasing your dodge chance by fifteen percent. 
This effect can occur every 15 seconds. Whoa. Yep, another That's... nice tanking set. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Really good set. Really good set. There's so many people dancing in this tavern. Um, so what else we got here? Trial sets. Now, these sets are based off the four Griffin Riders of the Trial and are the normal sets. The perfected versions have a slightly higher 5-piece set bonus. So, light DPS, we've got Mantle of Sororia. This has spell damage, minor slayer, uh, maximum magicka, and direct damage with single target abilities creates a ring of fire beneath you for 10 seconds. Standing in the ring grants 30 spell damage. This effect can stack up to 20 times for a total of 600 spell damage. Yep. That's nice. Mm-hmm. I agree. No, I mean, these, these are going to be more powerful. They're trial sets. I wonder if that would work well in Maelstrom. Because of the ring. And pretty much Maelstrom, from what I'm gathering, is a lot of AoE. That's really going to help you. So I don't... I'm interested to see if how well that would work. Uh, we got Light Healer. Why don't you try is, it? I'm working on it, bro. And we've got the okay. Light Healer as a vestment of... Uh, is that Olorim? Olorim? Um, Nailed it. Yep. We've got Maximum Recovery on it, Minor Aegis, uh, which reducing damage taken by Dungeon and Trial Monsters by 5%. Magicka Recovery as well. Again... Five slot pieces, uh, ground-based effect abilities cast, apply a circle of might on the ground. Allies in the circle gain major courage, granting 258 weapon and spell damage. So there's that. Uh, the medium is, let's see, arms of uh, reliquin. Uh, we've got uh, weapon crit on it, minor slayer again. Uh, weapon critical. And five pieces, light and heavy attacks apply harmful winds to the target for five seconds, dealing 200 physical damage per second per stack. Here's the part that's cool. It stacks up to 20 times. Holy crap, dude. 20 times. That's a lot, bro. That's, uh, yeah. That's a lot. Um... Sorry to be lore-breaking, but I just murdered somebody in this <laughs> Oh, I hit the wrong what? button, and I, I think I murdered a steward. <laughs> oh, well. If you, you look on the job. inside of the bar, there's a body. <laughs> there is a body at the feet of the brewer. I, I murdered that man. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> the, chat, the chat is... Uh, they are flaming me right now oh that's correct what did you do <laughs> it cracks me up They're okay like, sorry we know <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> all right so then we've got uh heavy which is ages of uh glanwy uh has max health on it minor ages and then a plus four percent healing taken and being the last set piece here the trials and all of the sets in general in summer set if you get five pieces slotted after successfully blocking, you have a 50% chance to empower three allies. Empower increases the damage of their next light attack by 40%. So, there's that. That was all the sets, all the new sets that we got coming with to us 
with Somerset. Um, so you can look forward to that. Now, the next part of this is the new motifs. And we knew that would be a big deal because, look, especially with the whole outfit system that's going on right now in, uh, in the game, people like to look cool. So that being said, we brought this up a while back, but this is achieved through fishing the Pyandonian uh, Mayomer motif. So long story short, um, Fisher, this says, quote, Fisher folk across Somerset have started reporting unusual bottles showing up in their catch. These bottles are a rare Pyandonian origin and appear to contain crafting materials intended for Mayomer agents in Somerset. Preliminary reports of their contents include. So, if you loot one of these while you're fishing, you're going to get chapters describing the, uh, I'm just going to say, a Mayomer style in detail. Sea serpent hide used for crafting in the Pandonian uh, style. We got the clam ga gall and powdered mother of pearl. And then miscellaneous other crafting materials, including runestones and improvement materials. Did you see this motif? Have you had a chance? To I look have at not it? seen it, but just knowing uh, what I the research that I've done on the sea elves, I want it. It's I'm very start well. It's very yeah. If 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 you're into, and I know shout out Caddy Jacks. I know she's big into fishing on the on the PS4 guild. If you are big into fishing, you may want to pick this up. Like you legitimately, it looks like, dude. The armor's got like fins on it. Like, it's got, on the headpiece alone, it's got fins, like a fish. Um, it's cool. It's very aquatic looking. If you're into, you know, the whole fishing scene, you're definitely going to want it. That's for sure. So there's that. Um, now, there are four new motifs coming for crafters with a update 18. Okay, we've got Sigic, Sapiarch, Fanglayer, and Scalecaller. Okay? Now... As far as the Sigic motif chapters are concerned, because I, I wondered this too, like as I'm starting to really start to get into the Sigic order quest line, you know, how do I get the motifs? Because I discovered, like, oh my gosh, we can get their motifs. I completely spaced that. So to get these motif chapters, to get the book, etc., um, here's how you can pick this up. And this is the in order of the most to least likely that you'll acquire these in Somerset. So, one, the most likely you'll get this is through completing Abyssal Geysers, which I know you and I both think we've both done those. I've done them. I've, I've done one. It's pretty intense. I got one shot several times. Uh, killing world bosses, <laughs> completing Abyssal Pools, treasure chests, killing delve bosses, and least likely is just by killing monsters. So there's that. Uh, the chance to obtain a Sigic motif chapter or book from these sources increases with your rank in the Sigic order skill line. So, with rank 10 giving you 10 times of an increase over those not versed in the ways of the Sigic order. So, you want to get more, a uh, better chance of getting the motif pages? Work on getting your skill line up in the Sigic order, and you'll have a better chance. The style item for the Sigic motif, Vitrified Milando, drops from the same sources as above more commonly than do the chapters. The Sapiarchs, the motif chapters. 
uh, or very rarely the full book, will come from completing daily quests for the Divine Prosecution in Alinor. The style item for Sapiarch motifs, Calendra Lacure, come from those daily same same daily quests, excuse me, but much more commonly than the chapters. So there's that. I think I actually talked to that. Uh, picked up that daily today. Um, let's see, what else? The Fanglayer and Scalecaller motif chapters and style items will begin dropping from the respective dungeons shortly after the launch of Somerset. So there you go. Ooh. Uh, yeah. I wonder if... I wonder if that means that the uh, personality is going to start dropping. Kind of makes you wonder. From from Fanglayer, yeah. I, I hope it does. Kind of makes you wonder. So, yeah, if you want to read further more into the Fanglayer and Scalecaller motif chapters, you can check out, again, the, the huge <laughs> post to the patch notes. Um, oh, one side note. we got a champion point increase. So for those of you who are 50... Yes champion point cap has been raised by 30 points. It was 720. Now is 750. 10 points in each, red, blue, and green. Uh, the champion point experience curve has also been automatically adjusted so that earlier champion points require less experience and can be earned faster. So, good stuff, man. Yeah. Very good stuff. It's good. It's so good. And speaking of good... Crap, he came all the way to Somerset. Somerset. Sure, the Sigic Order had something to do with him showing up. How are you, sir? Enter my mind, Vestige, and walk with me through the shadows of past events. Alright, well, it is that time again, and like Cash said earlier, we are doing a, a little bit of a special lore lesson again for you all kind of deviating from the uh, the schedule we've got over at uh, the Lore Lesson page at LoreSecretsPodcast.com, but uh, Cash, we're doing Sea Elves, bruh. Yes, this is by request. We ha- And you know what, I've also, on our website, I have uh, changed around the order from some of the stuff, because you can see we have that list up of the racial motives and things that we're going to be covering in our Lore Lessons and based on our conversations and, you know, when things got get brought up, we may skew from that list a little bit. So I kind of put a note in there. And we've been doing that, especially with the um, announcement of Somerset some weeks ago. We started kind of swaying off of that a little bit and doing some other stuff before we got back to our regular racial motives. But... This one was requested, so and it's very relevant to Somerset. So we decided to hop into the racial motive of the Maurmer, which is the sea elves. So let's talk about it. That very difficult word to pronounce, Piandania, that is where the sea elves come from. Kind of. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about it. So known as the sea elves... Also known as the Tropical Elves or the Fish Elves, the Sea Elves, the Maurmer, are a race of elves that originally descended from the Aldmer of the Somerset Isles, but something happened for them to no longer live here. So their history is very jaded, it's somewhat cursed, and according to some of the earliest accounts of the race that were actually found on tapestries within the Crystal Tower in Somerset itself... 
So what is a Maurer? What do they look like? Have you seen them in games? Yes, you have. So they don't look very unlike the, their Altmer cousins, but they're typically distingu- very distinguished by like their clear white eyes. They have pale, translucent skin, almost, almost kind of like a jellyfish. You can kind of picture what that gelatinous stuff looks like. That's what their skin looks like. Um, and on top of that, similar to the wood elves in Valenwood, they ha- that skin has a chameleon-like property that helps them to adapt to their physical environment. But how do they end up like this? The origins of the sea elves start and end with a very noble Aldmer. Now, this is Aldmer, so we're talking back in the Merithic era. This mm-hmm. Aldmer's name was Orgnum. So during the Merithic era, Orgnum attempted to utilize his riches to rebel against the reigning powers on Aldmeris. This is way back. So he didn't agree with what was going on. He had a group, a big group following him, a very large following. And because of this attempted rebellion, Orgnum and his followers were all banished from Aldmeris to the continent of Piandania, where they were just kind of, you guys are going over there, you're banished, and that way they wouldn't be able to carry out such actions against the Aldmeri government anymore. So what is Piandania? It's an island continent. It's located to the far south of the Somerset Isles, and is an incredible. It is an incredibly harsh land. So part of the reason that they were banished here is because in order to get there, you have to travel through both ways. You have to travel through a near impenetrable mist. So Piandania was a land of very dense rainforest and was also known as a playground for southern water spirits, which we'll kind of get into a little bit. Mm-hmm. But much like the other ancient Aldmer who, who left the Somerset Isles for various reasons, like the Dunmer and the Bosmer, the generations that became of the banished Piandanian elves, they adapted those to that environment and they became eventually became known as the Maurmer. So now Orgnum was now the king, so he was known as King Orgnum, but they would not remain quiet. It's like they weren't just going to be exiled and that was the end of them. So King Lorgnum, now an immortal wizard, so he was kind of deathly, he was known as being deathless. And as a matter of fact, he was known as being, like every year he would get younger and younger, which is weird. Right. But anyway, he was said to be, uh, said to have ascended to be a serpent god, the serpent god Sadakal, and became very youthful. But he actually led the Maurmer in the practice of what they called snake magic, where they would tame these sea serpents of Piandania for use as like rideable war beasts and protectors of where they lived. Ooh, that's fun. Yeah, kind of cool. And I believe you get to see some of that in the Somerset chapter. Mm-hmm. So the Maurmer also they also had a very powerful armada of ships. But the difference is that their ships had a very insectoid, insect, insectoid appearance. So the sails were constructed of membranes. The hull was constructed of very hard, dense chitin. And then the ships were adorned with a very alien-looking flag. So they were, there's no doubt that it was Mar- a Marmor Armada when you saw it. But because of the... Um, the things that surrounded the uncharted waters of, P- of Piandania, 
it was very difficult for them to travel past that. They found ways, but it was very difficult for them to, to pass those um, obstacles in their surrounding their area. So like one of these was very large waving tendrils of kelp that surrounded their continent, which is one of the things that they had to, they had to pass in order to get, to get out of there. But that's why they were put there in the first place. Right. So the Maurmer were very vengeful. And they remained extremely furious with the establishment on Somerset, and they were super resentful of the fact that they were banished. So because of this resentment, they were driven to invade and conquer Somerset at all costs, and really they just wanted to disrupt the Altmer way of life because as, as time, time went on, the um, uh, people of our Ald Marys traveled to Somerset Isles, they became the Altmer, but the Maurmer never lost that hatred for the Altmer. So every year, they said the Altmer say that it's very rare that a year passes that the sea elves do not attempt to invade or attack the coastlines of Somerset. But every single one of those attacks ends up getting repelled by the Altmer. So it's almost like they're, they're just a pest that won't go away. So right. because of the extreme banishment by the Aldmer, this near impassable veil of mist is what it was called. Um, and then the steadfast Altmer defenses, Orgnum and his followers were truly never able to defeat their former country murder in Ald Marys, despite their many attempts. During one attempted invasion during the Third Era, and this is way past the ESO timeline, um, an alliance of... United folks, uh, it was the people of Somerset and the Sigic Order, repelled an attack by the Maurmer, where the Sigic Order destroyed the entire Pandanian fleet by using a magically summoned storm. Sigics are badasses. Yep. So this conjured storm was said, to see, was said to be so powerful that it annihilated the entirety of Orgnum's fleet, where they could never truly muster enough force to even attempt another battle. So pretty much wiped them out in the Third Era. Um, some of the interesting stuff that I saw there's not there's not a whole lot of lore about the Maurmer, but right as I was going through some of the stuff on Somerset, I was able to find some lore books on the Maurmer, and actually the, this first one that I'm going to talk about talks about the Maurmer and the Slode, which we definitely see on Somerset. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so this one is called Further Notes on the Slode and it's written by uh, Tellinger the Artificer which you will see in Somerset and as a matter of fact uh, Razumdar's book talks about Tellinger the Artificer and it reads On the Slode and the Maurmer The Slode are hostile to all other moral, mortal races and though there is some evidence of diplomatic traffic between the Slode and the Maurmer there are also plenty of count accounts of conflict between the Slugmen and the Sea Elves. This is no surprise since both Sea Elves and Slode are at war with the rest of the world. The Maurmer's grievance seems to be that they got stuck with, Pan with Pandania, a sad and swampy archipelago of mal malodorous islets. Why the Slode are so belligerent to all others is unknown. So the Maurmer have a, truly have a reason but the Slode, people don't know why they freaking hate everybody, but they just do. Yeah. And the Slode, if you remember, I forget. Right. I forget which lore lesson we were talking about the Slode, but the Slode are the ones that 
launched. They're they're very well known for using magic, and they're also very good at using plagues. And I I mentioned in my my sonnet that I was singing earlier that the Thracian plague. Well, the Thracian plague was launched by the Sloat. So just kind of keep that in mind for the future. Okay. So then another book I found was called The Chosen People of Ald Marys by Sea Lord Malaroth of of Piandonia. Piandonia. Because it's a hard word. So anyway, this actually, this book is actually written by a sea elf. It's kind of funny. So it reads, Many still believe that the Maurmer race of Piandonia diverged from the racial line of Altmer when they were exiled from Somerset Isle as criminals. This is the great traitorous lie of the Altmer. Translations of tapestries in the Crystal Tower reveal that the great Maurmer race is directly descended from the purest strain of our Aldmeri ancestors. We certainly did not come from Somerset, but originated in our ancestral homeland of Aldmeri's. The Altmer themselves are the mongrel race. They are the abomination that drove our great leader Orgnum to lead our people through the impenetrable mists to our haven of Piandania. For centuries, we have marshaled our forces in preparation for our triumphant return, Somerset is ours, by right of birth as the one true Aldmeri race. All trace of the inferior Altmer race and their mongrel blood must be wiped from the face of Tamriel. Our time has come. Arise, Maurmer. Take your place as the rightful heirs to the Aldmeri legacy. That wow. sounds like propaganda to me. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. A little yeah. bit. So, yeah, I mean, but that's that's their mindset. And that's why, at least annually, they're attacking the, the shores of Somerset. Because they're pissed off. And they think that they're the master race. Well... I think they're wrong. Huh. Okay. So now there is a refute by um, Hayden Drill of Skywatch, a high elf. The false revenchism, false revenchism of the Maumer. And it reads, The ages-old conflict between Altmer and Maumer has raged so continuously and so long that it is easy to come under the impression that, is a, that it is a complicated struggle. Built layer upon layer, century upon century, of two-sided wrongs and reprisals. This is a fallacy of the most harmful order. It grants a hint of legitimacy to deprivations that deserve none. The Maurmer have never held claim over the Isles of Somerset, and God's willing, they never shall. I fear the fallibility we have developed in our fall from Aldmeri Grace has led to the common misconception that we are siblings to those who dwell in Piandania, but the truth of the matter is we are far distant cousins with only a shred of common ancestry to the Maurmer. This welcome revelation comes from previously untranslated Aldmeri tapestries within the Crystal Tower, which we just talked about. The unmitigated truth, revealed at last, after painstaking study, speaks not of a common plight of reluctant migration and tragic diaspora, but a tale of treachery and exile. The blood the Maurmer spill has always been in the name of greed and hungry ambition. Their corrupt, quote-unquote, king, Orgnum, 
thought to usurp our ancient homeland of Old Marys from its rightful rulers, just as he seeks to steal Somerset from us. The Maurmer are a despicable people. I love this part. The Maurmer are a despicable people who do not deserve the guilt of conscience some have afforded them for too long. Any debate on the matter is closed, the Maurmer apologists are silenced, and the prosecution of war against the Piandineans should be carried out without remorse. Whoa. That's gnarly. Yeah. Yeah. That's genocidal. Yeah. Gnarly. That's, uh... Now, I know we will come in contact with the CLs. I have a little bit. Um, It was very brief. Very, very brief. But I know that, um, especially with them trying to raid one of the cities in Somerset. So we'll see more of the the CLs as we get further into Somerset. But, man, they really have a distaste for them, don't they? (laughs) They do. So, I mean, you think that that the Altmer are douchebags. Well, these guys are pissed off douchebags. Even worse. So, <laughs> yeah, so there's that. Well, let's uh, let's talk about some notable Maurmer as we close out the lore lesson. There's Angalmo. He's a very well-known geographer who documented Tempest Island. So now that I've been through Tempest Island about a million times, I'm going to pay very close attention to the lore next time we run through it. because, And I'll show you why. So there's also Omanil. Omanil is a Maurmer Commodore on Tempest Island. There's Valarin. He's a Storm Mage on Tempest Island. So, there's a lot of Sea Elves on Tempest Island. And I'm embarrassingly enough, as a lore guy, I never noticed it. If you just want to, you know, normally get in there and get out and, you know, if it's a daily, awesome. Otherwise, if it's a pledge, awesome. We just want to, like, blast through it. So, I'm going to pay more attention to Tempest Island next time we, we run through. Um, there is, of course, Orgnum, the king of the Mormer and uh, Piandania. And then Yulandil, he is an ambassador to Canarthi's Roost. At one point, I forget what era, I want to say maybe third or fourth, the Maurmer had some type of a tie with the people of Canarthi's Roost. So I might have to dig a little bit more into that, but... Um, and there's a little bit more lore. Some of it was more third era and fourth era stuff. But, um, you know, as for the second era, it's just, let's leave it at this. They're still very angry and they are still hell bent on doing everything they can to interrupt Altmer lifestyle and reclaim Somerset for themselves. Kind of makes me wonder, you know, how the CL's story will progress. You know, like what's going to happen to that race as a whole? Will they get almost just wiped out? Um, you know, that's. I want to see what happens here. I, because that could be one of the many expansions that they do. Remember the uh, what was it? Shadows of the Hist. I think that they, or I forget the exact name of the, the DLC, but they put out and that was a small expansion. You know, with a couple dungeons. I could totally see them doing some type of small, sea elf themed. You know. Just a DLC, a couple dungeons or whatever. Little story tied in. It That'd would be sense. awesome. Like maybe we're yeah, we're um where you actually get to see Orgnum. Yeah. That'd be kinda cool. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And especially now with the Zijix in play, they could totally just play it off as a hey, look, we've been watching this place, blah blah blah, since they monitor Tamriel anyway. 
or you know Nern, and they can just port you there, kind of thing. So that that could totally right. see them doing that. But uh, right. anyway, well, that was awesome, man. Good job, dude. Loved it. Um, well, everybody, this was episode. Where are we? Thirteen. I lost track of what episode. Right? Yes, yeah, thirteen. <laughs> we hope you all enjoyed this episode, and if you did, we want to hear from you. Head on over to iTunes, give us a review for every five-star review. We show you all some love on the show. And speaking of, we've um, we've got some shout-outs here. First one from Purple Arrow. <laughs> nice name. So glad I found this podcast. I have been wanting a Elder Scrolls podcast about all the lore and whatnot for a long time. I have only listened to three episodes so far, and it's been great. Keep up the great work, fellas. Also... It had to be fate for me to find y'all's podcast because the first episode I listened to dived into the best in my personal favorite race, the Bosmer. Hashtag the Wild Hunt. <laughs> Very good. Very good. Uh, speaking of Thank Wild you. Hunt, yeah, we had that event last week. Um, let's see. Invader John says, great show. I'm not a beginner in ESO, but also definitely not an expert, and I find your show a perfect blend of both worlds and thoroughly enjoy it. Keep up the great work. Thanks, man. Thank you, John. And Thank you. Last but not least, Big Tuna LS. I'm assuming because he's a Lore Seeker Guild member. He says, love the show. Jibs and Cash seem to have a great sense of passion and positivity towards ESO and life in general, and it comes through in the podcast. They've built a great community in their new guild and the guilds they are members of. After hearing about the guilds on the show, I am psyched to now be a member of Mog and the Lore Seekers Guild and to talk to the awesome people there. Chibs and Cash seem very active in these communities as well, and they do a great job of giving back to the listeners and players. The ESO 101 and lore segments of the show are always worthwhile, and guys keep things entertaining with discussion. Keep up the great work. See you in Tamriel. That's awesome. Thanks, Big Tuna. Appreciate that. Big Tuna! I recognize that name. Our friends are awesome. They are. I like them. Yep. I like them long time. We're lucky. Long time. Yes, we're very fortunate. Very blessed. Well, everybody, if you uh, want to give us a call, you can leave us a voicemail over at 765-382-6961. 765-382-6961. Maybe you got a comment on the episode. Maybe something about Somerset. Call us. Leave us your voicemail. We want to hear it. If we like it, we'll play it live on the show. Uh, you can email us, lorasecretspodcast at gmail.com. Um, we're part of some guilds. Cash, what do we got? Yes, we are. We are part of Mog Nation, a multi-gaming guild for adults and working professionals. The Elder Scrolls Online guild for that, uh, for Mog Nation, is called Meridia's Order of Guards. You can apply for membership at mog-nation.com. Keep in mind, North American PC guild. We're part of the Divine Conclave, a great RP community that can be found at socan.engine.com. That's S-O-K-A-N.engine.com. And then, of course, the Lore Seekers Guild. You can find us at loreseekerspodcast.com forward slash guild. Three simple steps to join. Just download Discord, join our Discord server, and apply by typing forward slash apply in the Apply to Guild channel. And there's a short uh, questionnaire there. And we will get you in the guild. Um, We're doing... We're starting to do some events. We did uh, the Wild Hunt this past weekend. Where 
we got together and Dude, that was two, two big groups going and we start we started on opposite sides of the map and somehow we ended up on the same parts of the map at times but we basically made a valiant attempt to kill every single world boss in the game and i think we were only short one of the groups continued and i think we were only short by cold harbor yeah we were only short before just, i think uh, everybody yeah i think everybody was like ready to pass out by the time they hit cold harbor but uh, that yeah. group almost killed every world boss in the game in one sitting it was so much fun. Yeah, it was a great way to meet, you know, meet and greet and talk with a lot of people that normally, you know, their real life pulls them away. They're part of the guild, but, you know, they're off. They're on at times that we're not on. And so it was really, really cool experience. We killed over 100 world bosses. We spent well over eight hours, uh, over 20 zones. It was an awesome experience. I know Cash and I are getting ready to start working on um, a very special kind of event in the future, so you can uh, there'll be more events coming up. But um, so yeah, it was awesome to all of you who were involved. Well done, Group One, Group Two. That's right. <laughs> right, it was fun. We had a little inner group rivalry going too, which which kind of made it fun. There was a lot of dilly dillies and um, jumping into each other's channels, and it was. It was pretty cool. We had a really good day, and uh, we got a lot of experience for yeah, killing all did. those bosses, too, and a lot of loot, yep. so it was pretty fun. It was fun. Team Jibs versus Team Cash. It was a good time. Um, so, right. again, friendly reminder, if you want to get some official Lore Seekers merch, all proceeds go 100% right back into the show and making allowing us to uh, basically fund more content, all kinds of fun stuff that we would, uh, we're looking at doing. Uh, you could do that by going to loreseekerspodcast.com. Click on store at the top of the page of the nav bar. Can't miss it. It'll show all the designs there. Some are permanent. Some will be on rotation. So they're not always going to be there. Pretty much everything's on rotation except for the Lore Seekers Guild shirts. So other than that, that stuff's going to come in and out randomly. So get it while it's there. Um, you can listen to this show wherever podcasts are available. We are on Spotify, we're on iTunes, Stitcher, all kinds of places. Just look us up. More than likely, we're there. You can follow myself on Twitter at JibsIRL, Cash at ModCash with a K, and most importantly, the show at LoreSeekersCast. Thank you so much for hanging out with us this week. We hope you guys have a great week in gaming. Stay awesome. Enjoy Somerset. Console players, you're getting ready to dive in. You're going to love it. It's a great expansion. See you guys next week. Oh, Sira Bane. Oh, Sira Bane. Ye mer of godly fate. No? Dilly dilly? Dilly dilly. Have a good week, guys. <laughs>